Let's go to Luke chapter 2. And I kind of had this thought, this is not going to be the title, but I told Dylan last week, i just been having this thought, what do we do with Jesus now? Now that Christmas, and Christmas, I'm saying the Christmas season, how the world celebrates it is pretty much over. <clears throat> but what do we do with Jesus now? Well, Jesus didn't stay born or stay an infant. He didn't stay, that's why when people, I know it's a joke, and they, they pray to baby Jesus. I, I hate that. It's, it's so derogatory. And Because we look here in Luke chapter 2, are you there? There, there's two passages here as I was studying this this week. In in verse 40, it says, And the child grew. Didn't sound like he stayed an infant. He didn't stay uh, in an infant state. He grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And we also see uh, in verse 52 in the same chapter, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. The same spirit that led Christ, we want it leading us, right? So this is what I want to talk about tonight. And this is the title, Being Led by the Spirit. But before we start, I want, I want us to pray together because I know that we come together and in depth, and this is what we do every Wednesday night pretty much. But let's ask the Holy Spirit to lead us tonight. <laughs> I think that would be fitting. So, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to be together. We ask you to send the teacher right now, Father, to show us, God, what you want us to say tonight. We want to be led by you in everything that we do, every word that we say, every thought that you are leading us, Father, and where you lead us, we're going to follow, not just tonight, but in our everyday life. We're going to be led by your Spirit, and especially right now, we ask you to help us, Father, to teach this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Are you in agreement with me on that? For anointed utterance, being led by the Spirit. And, and that's kind of where the thought that came to me this week was, and I'm, I don't want to judge anyone, I don't want to put anybody in a category, but if we're not careful, we just kind of look at the things of God and the Spirit of God as just receiving Christ as our Savior. That's important, right? That's, that's very important, but that's just kind of as far as it goes is they confess Jesus as their Lord, and that's a great confession to make and something that we need to do. We believe that he's the Son of God. We believe that God raised him from the dead, and that is the requirements for salvation. But I believe this, that a lot of people, if we're not careful, that's just where we stay. We make that confession, and that's it. We just kind of sit around, and like I said, I don't want to sound derogatory at all tonight, but we just kind of sit and wait for heaven. We just kind of sit and wait, you know, go to church or read our Bibles and things like that. And we just, if we're not careful, we're just, we'll just kind of sit and wait to die so we can go to heaven or wait for the rapture to go to heaven. But we're seeing here that in verse 40 that said the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. I believe this, that not only just in, in body, 
But the Bible says he waxed strong in spirit. We are to be growing spiritually. We should be growing spiritually in the word. We should be growing being led by the spirit and, and, and knowing what that is and getting a greater understanding of what that is. We need to grow strong in spirit. We need to be filled with wisdom. And the grace of God needs to be on us. Amen? And I like verse 52. He increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. So we don't need to stay spiritual infants. Right? We need to grow in the grace of God, the wisdom of God, and we need to wax strong in spirit. We need to be growing in spirit. I I got this thought the other day of... Um, most of my children are older now. Um, you know, when they were children and when they were infants, they dirtied their diaper and that was all right because that's what you expect from, you expect that from an infant. But if Zach come to my house, (laughs) he's not here, so I'll use him. (laughs) If he came to my house at 23, Jeff and dirtied his diaper we're going to have a problem. And that, I'm, I'm, that's funny to say, but that's the reality. That's, we, we expect more. He should be growing and doing that stuff on his own. <laughs> but there's also this in the spiritual realm. What's that? He'll find, He'll find out the hard way if he does it at my house. But <clears throat> when we're growing and when we get born again, we don't need to just stay a spiritual infant we need to grow and wax strong in spirit we need to grow in the wisdom and we need to grow in the grace of God as well and uh, especially when it comes to being led by the spirit because I want to say this as well when we say being led by the spirit um, I might be getting ahead of myself here a lot of times uh, maybe you can identify with this when people would come into church and they talked about being led by the Spirit, that really meant they wanted a microphone and an opportunity to say what they wanted to say. And I'm not saying that's altogether wrong and bad, but understanding now, that's not really what I want to talk about tonight. And But a lot of times that being led by the Spirit, it really got me nervous <laughs> because I've seen people that wanted to be led by the Spirit, and the reality was they really just wanted to do what they wanted to do. Um, even in their everyday life, they they would call it being led by the Spirit, but in the reality, they just wanted to do what they wanted to do. And especially when it comes to things like uh, being under subjection to authority. You know, I believe this, if you see in, in, in chapter 2 here, I didn't even have this down, but in verse 51, this is whenever Mary and Joseph was looking for Jesus. Yeah. They, the Bible says right here that Jesus was subject unto them. And, you know, normally uh, people would think, well, he was a son of God. He could do what he wanted to do. That's right. He could do what he wanted to do. And he was led by the Spirit to be subject to his parents. So being under subjection, a lot of times when people talk about leading, being led by the Spirit, they look at this as an avenue to do what I want to do. And the reality is being led by the Spirit is coming under subjection to what the Spirit is going to be telling you to do and being sensitive to that. 
in order to get to that spot, that's a, that's an area where we're going to have to grow into uh, when it talk when we talk about being uh, led by the Spirit. And as I said earlier, not just on Sunday, not just on Sunday, not just when we're on the platform, right, Dylan? Everyday life, everyday life. So let's look at Luke chapter two. We're just going to kind of go through here. Not kind of, we're going to go through the word here. We see in verses 1 through 20, we see the birth account. In verses 21 through 24, we see the naming and the presentation of Jesus. In verses 25 through 39, we read here about Simeon and Anna seeing the salvation of the Lord that they spent their whole life waiting for. Imagine that. Imagine being getting to see that, how awesome that that was. But as I said uh, in a little bit ago, the, the, the two verses that the Holy Spirit really brought me to here was about the, the and I read this in verse 40 and verses 52, about the child grew, waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Now, when we read these things, I don't believe that we read the Word of God and it's just a great story, it's a good read, and we just stand in awe of, of all the great things that um, that we, we read about and just stand in awe of it. Uh, John 14 and 12, Jesus said this, Truly I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Right? He goes a little bit further here, and greater works greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my father. Now I'm just kind of thinking common sense here. If Jesus was led by the spirit, and I think that we all would agree to that, right? That Jesus was led by the spirit. That means this, not only can we be led by the spirit too, but he's saying right here, maybe even in a greater measure. That's kind of the response I thought I would get there. Because I'm, I'm just saying, help, help me with this. I'm not, saying, I'm not asking you to agree with it. I'm just going by, if greater works, that means not just in, a, just in a greater measure like we know more than him, but his desire the same we are with our children to supersede us. Yeah. Right? I don't want my, my kids just being reaching the limits that I read. I want them to go further than I did. And I really believe that's what Jesus was saying here is greater works in a greater measure and that of being also of being led by the Spirit. I believe it even as a child. He was an exceptional child. But the one thing that he understood, I believe this was being led by the Spirit. So <clears throat> the wor- uh, John 14 and 12 talked about the works. Now I know a lot of times when we talk about works, we think about earning. Uh, we think about laborsome. Right? Uh, Sweating, toiling. But what is the work that we as professed Christians should be doing? Well, if you look in chapter 3, basically what you see here is uh, it just really talks about John Baptist. Uh, At the end of chapter 3, it talks about the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, But the next time we see Jesus not just as a child or as an infant and as a youth, 
where we see Jesus as a man, physical man, is in uh, Luke chapter 4. And keep in mind that we're talking about what works of Christ should we be doing. Uh, when we talked about what do we do with Jesus, what, what are the works that we should be doing? So let's look at uh, Luke chapter 4, and we're going to read the first couple of verses here. <clears throat> and and I'm, I'm in the King James Version, if you have a device, um, just so you know. Um, I'm not saying I'm a stickler on those things, but I'm just, if you want to read along with me, that's what, that's the version that I'm in. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit. Say that with me. Led by the Spirit. He wasn't led by himself. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And I thought to myself, well, that's... (laughs) You, you read that, as, I'm, that would just kind of go along with it. I'm sure he was. But as I was studying today, there have been times over my life that I've looked um, at the fruit of Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit was that he was able to fast for 40 days. And we would think, I would think that's, that would have been, you have to be full of the Holy Ghost in order to do that. Has anybody ever fasted one day? Two days? Three days? Four? Five? Six? Seven? <laughs> it ain't easy, is it? It gets a little bit easier. Until I remember I, we were fasting at a church while not here or somewhere else. And it was around the sixth or seventh day. And I was at a basketball game, and somebody come. They didn't know it, but they were doing like this, and they brought a pepperoni pizza right here. And I could have ate it plate and all. I mean, it was just. I mean, I could have. I could have done. And I'm not. I'm not trying to, to brag on that or say anything. But I'm, what I'm trying to get at is a lot of times, if we're not careful, when we read this passage here, the focus is gets on he fasted for forty days. And so many times I've looked at the fruit of Jesus being full of the, of the Spirit was the fact that he fasted for 40 days. And, I'm, like I, and I think that we all could attest to that. I'm sure that was not easy to do. But as I was studying this, that wasn't the point of Jesus going into the wilderness. It was just a fast. But the fruit of Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit wasn't that he could fast from food. The fruit of Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit is that he was able to be led by the Spirit. I want to say that again. The fruit of Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit is that he was able to be led by the Spirit into that place that I don't believe that it doesn't it doesn't even it doesn't specify anyways here that that was the intent of going into the wilderness was to fast. It just said the spirit led him into the wilderness. The work wasn't fasting. The assigned work for Christ was to be led by the spirit. The problem 
with that we have sometimes that well that manifests anyways is that when we are led by the spirit it can take us into areas that are not comfortable it can take us into areas that uh, are not comfortable to the flesh right but the point is is when we're led by the spirit we're not just trying to make ourselves uncomfortable the point is we are being led by the spirit and as we grow in that what we will come to is the most important thing is being led by the Spirit, regardless if it brings pain or pleasure. That's not even the point anymore. Right, Brett? The main thing is being led by the Spirit. Pain or pleasure has nothing to do with it. It's about being led by the Spirit and where that Spirit is taking us. Now let's look down at at verse 14. And we, we see all the temptations here, right? All the things that he went through. Um, and in verse, but in, in verse 13, it says, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Verse 14, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the region round about. Now, after the temptation in the wilderness, the Bible says here that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit, uh, not in the power of fasting. Now, I'm not against fasting. I'm not against fasting at all. But what I'm trying to get to for us to understand is there have been times in my life when I'm trying to get God's hand to move in my life, and I'll make, things, I'll, I'll make the work be I'll fast and get God to move. When the reality needs to be, Father, let me be led by your spirit to get an answer to where I need to be at. If it involves fasting, so be it. But we're not doing works to try to get God to move in our life. The works that we do with God is allow ourselves to be led by his spirit. And a lot of people say, and I have too, well, Jesus was able to do these things because he was the Son of God. But let's look at this. And he is the Son of God, but he also called himself the Son of Man. That meant that he was a spirit, he is still is, is a spirit. He had a soul, and he was living in a body. So I want you to say, that's what we are. Say, I'm a spirit. I have a soul. And I'm living in a body. The way I look at this body is like dead weight. My spirit man's alive. And I'm pointing, you know, it, it is. I believe everybody, are you, are you born again? Then spiritually you're alive. And, and, and you can grow. Jesus grew in spirit. And a lot of times, if we're not careful in the Christmas season, we'll grow in body. (laughs) But but what we focus on is uh, is growing in the Spirit. The more you grow in the Spirit, this, what we see with our eyes, it begins to fade. And we begin to see that the most important things that we do for God is not the works toiling, but it's strictly being led by his spirit to do what it is that he's asking us to do, what he's asking us not to do. Amen? Especially when it comes to giving. 
I, I told my wife this year, I said, I, you know, we look at certain situations and we say, I want to give to them. I feel bad for that. I feel bad for them. And the thing that the Lord resonated on the inside of me is we need to quit feeling bad and we need to start feeling led. Feeling bad's not feeling led. Feeling led is if even if you, a lot of times we want to feel led because we look at somebody that has this great need, right? And we think, well, I'm going to give to them because they need it. But a lot of times being led by the Spirit of God is given to somebody and you know good and well they don't need it. But the Lord is telling you to give to them anyways. That's what being led is not assessing the situation. But when the Holy Spirit is leading you, you follow the leading of that spirit because it's not up to you to know the, the why. It's up to us to be led by the spirit. When Jesus was led into the wilderness here, it doesn't say that Jesus asked a bunch of questions. I mean, I'm, um, there may have been some wondering what's, what's going to happen here. But it doesn't say that to prepare, to, uh, the, that the spirit was preparing him to fast for 40 days. He just led him into the wilderness. But anyways, let's get back to this. He was, <coughs> he, was, he, was the, he was the son of God, but he also called himself the son of man. So he was a three-part being, right? But Jesus was able to overcome temptation, not as a son of God, but as a man led by the Spirit, Speaking and doing the word of God against what his flesh probably wanted to do. A lot of this is a lot bigger revelation than, than what you guys are letting on. It, it was to me. Is that the greater work, when he said greater works can, that I can do. The greater works that he said that we can do is that we don't have to be subject to what we see. When we are led by the Spirit of God that we can overcome uh, all the things that we face in life, not because we, uh, obviously we don't have any deity in heaven, but because I, I am a person that is quoting and saying and doing what God's Word says to say and do in, in our lives. Amen. So... If we come to situations, and we'll get to this here in just a minute, and, and things are looking bleak, we are going to have to, when we are led by the Spirit, it doesn't mean that our flesh is going to want to go along with that. Um, here's personal uh, testimony. Last night, I was feeling a lot of sickness in my body. My head hurt, my chest hurt. I sounded like I'd been flossing my throat with sandpaper. It was very rough. But I'm, has anybody ever got on the, the, the RCC website and went to the teachings? And then you can go down to the subliminal where it's just healing scriptures and all, but you can't hear what is being said, but it's like ocean waves, but it's, it's the healing scriptures being said really, really fast. Well, my flesh just wanted to lay down and talk about how bad I felt. But I had to force myself to get up. My wife didn't want to wake my wife up and put my headphones, get my headphones, put them in, get on the website, turn it on. I just wanted to lay and whine around and talk about how bad I felt. 
You see, sometimes when the Spirit is leading us to do something, our flesh will be saying something completely different. We have to learn how to. We need to grow in spirit, right? So we have to learn how to rise up and do what the Word says to do and say what the Word says over how we feel at the moment. And sometimes being led by the Spirit, uh, uh, doing those things, is, like I said, is going to go against what you want to do. As I said, I'm sure that... Um, I don't know that Jesus knew ahead of time that he was going into the wilderness to fast, but I'm sure if he did know, I'm sure 40 days of fasting wouldn't have been pleasant to think about. Like I said earlier, my former pastor would call for a week fast. And I dreaded that for just seven days. I couldn't imagine on 40. But as I said, we understand that the work is not in the fasting. The work is being led by the Spirit in whatever it is that he's leading us to do. Romans 8 and 10, it says this, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Verse 11, But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, We are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God or the children of God. If I'm going to be a child of God, I'm going to have to be led by His Spirit. Amen? Let's look at John chapter 3. This is really what started off a lot of this a couple weeks ago for me. And I know when we say John 3, probably all of us in here have read this quite a few times in our life. But has anybody in here feel like they've got a full revelation of all Scripture? (laughs) Uh, even if we've read it a hundred times, have we gotten a full revelation? Have we got all we need to know? No, we haven't. I mean, there's always a, a greater understanding here, but there's there's something that the Lord showed me here, and and maybe um, you were a little bit more advanced than me, and maybe I was just thinking a little bit more um, infantile. But let's start in verse 1. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, "Um, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. So Nicodemus is looking at the works. He's looking at at all all the miracles, the things that are going on. But this is what Jesus said. He said, truly I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want to stop there for just a little bit. There were times in my life where I would read that and I would think, unless a person accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, he's not going to be able to go to heaven. And that's a true statement, wouldn't you say? But I don't think that's what Jesus was saying here to Nicodemus. What he was saying here is, except a man be born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. 
Because Nicodemus is like, how, how, how do you do these things? We know it's from God, or, or these things wouldn't be happening. But you see, he couldn't see the kingdom of God. He couldn't, he couldn't imagine it. He couldn't, he couldn't perceive the kingdom of God and how everything was working here. That was, believe it or not, that was a revelation I got two weeks ago. <laughs> I may be a little bit farther behind than you are. But unless we are born of the Spirit, the things of the Spirit are going to be absolute foolishness. You can look in 1 Corinthians 2 and see that the things of the Spirit to those that are of the flesh are absolute foolishness. That's craziness to them. And that's what he was trying to explain to Nicodemus is the reason you can't understand these things is you've not been born again. Or you've not been born from above. Nicodemus knew the law. He knew all the rules. But he didn't understand being led by the Spirit. So let's go down here um, in verse 4. Because uh, to clarify this, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, answered, truly I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. And this is what, this is what being led by the spirit consists of here. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell where it's coming from, and whether it's going, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. And I'm not trying to sound weird, and I'm not trying to sound out there, but I want to tell you, being led by the Spirit is not about knowing all the rules. Now we're going to get to, we, we need to know what the word says, okay? And, and I'm not, don't, don't get squirrely with me here. But we need to understand that sometimes the Spirit asks us to do things that we may not quite understand. The same way when Jesus was led into the wilderness, he didn't fully understand probably everything that was about to happen there, but because he wanted to be led by the Spirit, he was led into those areas. That's why when God tells us to give to someone or do something for someone, we need to be, being led by the Spirit is not trying to assess the situation. It's about just saying, Father, if that's what you want me to do, then that's what we're going to do. Now, keeping in mind, you do have to learn how to judge um, between, but I, I look at this, the, the devil's never going to prompt you to do anything good. <laughs> never. He's never prompted me to do anything good to anyone. Matter of fact, the devil's going to tell you to put that money back in your pocket. They don't need that. They can mow their own yard. They can go get a job and do it themselves. That's, that's what the enemy, when God's going to, if it's God, it's good. It's really, it's not complicated. If it's God, it's good. But we have to be willing to say, and not assess the situation, but when the Spirit tells us to do something, we need to follow and do what the Spirit is telling us to do. If God's Spirit is in me, I don't have to live by the flesh. I can choose to be led by the Spirit. 
And if I am led by the Spirit of God, I am a child of God. Now, this is where the Lord really prompted me this afternoon is when we talk about being led by the Spirit, I know that people that have been in this for a very long, long time, they've got an idea of what I'm talking about. But if you're new to this walk, this is where the Lord began to deal with me, is how do I begin to apply this to my life? Because I believe that we all want to be led by the Spirit, don't you? Um. So how do I begin to apply this? So let's go over to Hebrews chapter 4. This is a great place to start. I hope this is making sense to you tonight. You know, sometimes when you're teaching, I know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Whether you're hearing what I'm trying to say can be, can be um, something else. Are you there? All right, it says, For the word of God is quick, which means it's alive, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now, what is soul? Soul is your will, your emotions, your mind. That's the area, you know, where whenever you feel something, that's, that's the soulish realm. And the Bible says here that the Word of God wants to divide how you feel versus what God's Word is telling you to do. This is, this is a great place to start on learning how to be led by the Spirit. So if you are feeling sick in your body, you may feel sick. Right, But if we want to be led by the Spirit of God and go into those areas that we desire to be in, because if you're sick, what do you want to be? You want to be well. The way I walk into that, to that health is I begin to say what God's Word says about my situation versus how I feel. Right? Now, that's easier to say than it is to do. But... This is where we got to rise up and we got to point ourselves toward the Spirit and say, I'm not going to assess the situation. Because at the end of the day, I don't really care how I feel. I care more about what your word says. And so we begin to quote Isaiah 53 and 5. And we begin, that says, by his stripes, I am healed. And we begin to quote 1 Peter 2 and 24. That says, by his stripes, we were healed. So that lets us know that we're in health right now. So how am I led by the Spirit? I'm led by the Spirit whenever I allow the Word to separate how I feel versus what He is saying. And if we're going to be led by the Spirit of God, do I follow my feelings? Or do I follow the Spirit that caused the Word to be written? That's a, it's a great way to start when you're, when you're talking to be, about being led by the Spirit. <clears throat> Because I have to be led by the Spirit and not by how I feel. Um, another great point is the Spirit will never lead me against the Word of God. It will always lead me in. The Bible says it leads us into all truth. Uh, so a great way to start is this. If, it, if I can't find Scripture on this, I need, I, if, if I'm having a thought or if I'm having something that keeps coming to me, one of the very first things that you need to be asking God is, give me some scripture on this. Give me something to stand on here. And you know what? If it's God, he's going to start bringing scripture to you. 
And when those scriptures start coming, that's a telltale sign. It's time to act on what God's been placing in my life. Um, so, um, and this is why we really promote uh, Bible reading, church attendance. Um, people always ask me all the time, how many people go to your church? I don't know. We don't have the signs out by the door like we used to do that showed the attendance and what last year's attendance was and what the offering was and what our, what our, uh, uh, what we want our attendance goal to be. All, you know what I'm talking about, those old signs that you look at and that, I don't look at those things at all. That, I don't promote church attendance so we can get numbers up. We promote uh, church attendance and Bible reading so we can begin to show people can look to the word for themselves and know what it is to be led by the spirit. You need to know for yourself. Me and Dylan talked about this today. There's a lot of pastors today that want church attendees to be dependent upon our knowledge because of insecurity issues. In their self. Let me tell you something. I want to teach you how to be led by the Spirit of God. Number one, I don't want you calling me every day asking a lot of questions. I'm not, I know, I know pastors in this town that are almost burnt completely out. I talked to one last week that told me I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to quit. He said, I'm wore out. From people being in my office every day of every hour not knowing what to do. And I told him, I said, that's the difference between teaching people what the word says, that they can apply it for their self. And if you don't teach people what the word says and you're all you are are about emotions and, and about feelings, this is what's keeping people in your office 24-7. And you're wore out, and you can't find the break that you're looking for. I thank God, Dylan, that our phone, it rings sometimes, but it's not ringing off the hook. Why is that? Because people are, are being taught. I'm not just promoting RCC because I haven't been here my whole life. But understanding this, we promote people here to know the word for themselves so when life hits, you know how to follow the leading of the Spirit. And it's not because we don't want you here. I want you here. Just, but I'd rather you come here just to say hello than having to try to fix everybody's problems. I've, I've talked to people uh, before that were uh, assessing situations, and, they, and their significant others said, well, let's go talk to Pastor Tom. And he said, I don't want to go talk to Pastor Tom. I already know what he's going to tell me. He's going to say, what does the word say? Are you doing it? And the answer was no. So he already knew it's self-medicated. We need to be teaching people the word of God for that they can know how to be led by the Spirit of God. This is why we promote. Uh, there's so many. There, believe it or not, there are people that we that we have dealt with, and 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 they they want us to pray. I don't know why I'm going this direction. <clears throat> They want us to pray their problem off of them. And they don't show up for church. I think Pastor Susan called it the worming. They don't come for the worming. You know? That's, that's this farmer talk, you know? Um, and, and what I'm trying to say is this. There are a lot of things that the, when, when we get up on the, on the platform... We're doing our best to operate in the anointing. 
And when we operate in the anointing, there are things that you can hear that will fix the situation in your life. When we are teaching the word of God, that gives you the power to take. And let me tell you something, being led by the spirit is not some wild uh, thing all the time. Sometimes it's just strictly doing what you already know to do. And this is the importance of, well, this is for somebody here for sure. Probably for us all, but I mean to a greater degree, maybe someone is, this is why you go to church. We're not checking off uh, to-do lists, right? We're not checking those things off when we get into the Word of God. We're, we're searching the Scriptures. God, when I get up in the morning and I open His Word, lead me into something here. Show, illuminate this to me because this Word is alive. And it said it would even divide how I feel versus what his word says. And that's how we walk in truth. But it's also how we walk in liberty. It's also how we get the chaos out of our life. It's also how we walk into those paths of rest and peace that we're all looking for. Ooh, I don't want to get off that part there. Um, another way to apply this, uh, being led by the spirit is when I get, I talk, I call it, I get a witness on the inside of me, not a wild hair. I get a witness on the inside of me, something that keeps coming to me, right? It keeps coming to me. And when I get a witness, uh, that I'm being led by the spirit to do or not to do something, I said this earlier, um, I don't need to look at others and assess the situation. Because there are a lot of times in my life that God says, I want you to stop doing that. More than once. And it's not a, I mean, you know, like if Richard was here and said, Kim, quit burning my biscuits. Right? But if he said, honey, these biscuits are a little bit on the burnt side. I don't know if you know that or not. The difference, that's a, that's a hard thing to accept, right? I mean, he may not get biscuits again, right? <laughs> But how I say it, right, is, is a lot, it's a, it determines how I'm, I'm going to receive that. So a lot of times when God, what I'm trying to say is when God is dealing with us, it's very light. It's very, the only word I can, is polite. It's not intrusive. He's, I'm just getting a witness on the inside of me. In one particular, can I just use myself for an example? Uh, nobody else is a volunteer in their story, so... I'll use mine. It's not against my family. This is on John, okay? So my family can rest easy. I want to talk about them. Wow, time is moving forward. But if we follow, if we learn something tonight, would it be worth our time? Would it be worth our time? Okay. So God began to deal with me about a certain show I was watching. It wasn't vulgar. It wasn't uh, immoral in the sense of, you know, what we, you know, nudity and cursing and all that stuff. It was just a funny sitcom that I used as a break, a mental break, when I would go home from lunch and get a good laugh. But I got to notice and I started getting a check in my spirit because I saw that their marriage, she would call him an idiot. And he looked at her as somebody that was just doing her best to withhold sex from him. That was, that was how they were portraying marriage. And they would make the, you know, the funny statements, ha ha, and it was just a laugh, you know. But then the Lord just began to check me, just lightly, very lightly. 
and said, is that the kind of marriage you want? And I thought, well, you know, at first the check was stop watching that. And I'm like, I begin to assess the situation. Well, it's not Yellowstone. I watched the first 30 seconds of that, and I, was, I thought I needed to go pray through. That was terrible. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm just talking about me. I'm not talking about you, okay? But I, I begin to assess the situation, right? Well, the Spirit's trying to lead me into an area. And if I'm going to assess the situation by looking at what everybody else is doing, then I'm going to miss out on what God's trying to do for me. Okay? So I begin to say, well, Lord, why? And he's like, well, is that? Now, this is not just in a 10-minute conversation. This is a, you know several weeks going on. The Lord just began to check me. And I said, what's the big deal? And he's like, was well, that the marriage you want to have? And I was like, well, obviously not. And, he, and so I, that was just about the gist of it. And then I just kept on watching, and I thought, well, you know, I'm not wasn't Tim Allen. <laughs> but anyways, the Lord went, he, he led me a little bit further into this. He said, marriage is a direct metaphor of my covenant with you. And I don't want anything being made fun of of my relationship with you. Now, I'm just saying, you know, now, John Burge could not come up with that. Okay, I'm not smart enough for that, Jeff. But as the Lord leads us, I thought this, I don't want anything. There's nothing funny about my covenant with God. There's nothing more important than my covenant with God. And I'm going to tell you, I love the show. I think it's funny, but if the Lord leads me, if that's the least I have to do, that's a very small thing. But these are the areas that we need. There's nothing immoral about it. I believe I could have kept watching that show, and I may not have made heaven. But I would have missed out on some things. And it's not just about sitting in dead space. I went home today and listened to Keith Moore. And I thought, man, if I would have, nothing wrong. We could have laughed and had a great time. But the things that I heard on that lunch break, I thought, wow. Wow. Confirming what I'm talking about tonight. I didn't call him up and say, hey, Brother Keith, what are you talking about tonight? But I was able to be just, can I say this, just following, the, just being dumb and following the Spirit. Not trying to assess the situation. Not trying to ask, what's everybody else doing? How will they get to do that? They do that and everything's okay with it. They, they drink alcohol and it's okay. What's God telling me? Where is God leading me? Because that's the one that I need to be uh, looking at. Let's turn uh, to John 21. I'm going to try to wind this down. <coughs> Let's go ahead and start. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase and we're going to end up down in verse 22 and this is the part where Jesus was telling asking Jesus you know do you love me feed my sheep do you love me feed my sheep do you love me feed my lambs and Peter uh, began to get grieved here in verse 17 says he was grieved because he said unto him the third time lovest thou me and he said unto him Lord thou knowest all things thou knowest that I love thee Jesus saith unto him, Feed my sheep. 
He said, Verily I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest where thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, signifying by, by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning about, seeth the disciple who Jesus loved following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? What's Peter doing? He's assessing the situation. <laughs> He's looking around at everybody else when the Lord's talking to him. And Jesus saith unto him, if I will tarry, if he, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to you? He, he looked, he said, I'm telling you to follow me. There's so many times when we're talking about being led by the Spirit, when God is dealing with us on a certain issue, that we begin to look to the left and to the right at what everybody else is doing. And the Lord is saying, I'm asking you to follow me. Because the reality is the works that we do is not about whether we add up all the good things versus all the bad things that we've done in order to get to heaven. If that's what we think being born again is, we're totally missing exactly what this is all about. The part about being born again is being born of the Spirit. And we see in John chapter 3, the Spirit's like the wind. It blows. We don't know where it come from. We don't know where it's going. All he is saying is, I'm asking you to follow me. That's the area of obedience that God is asking us to do, is to follow him. And I know that a lot of this, I'm say this in closing, I know this may come across as a life that's living across the grain and hard and going against the grain. But being, this is the reality of being led by the Spirit is the path to rest. So let's turn to Psalms 23 in closing. Now, um, God didn't have David write Psalms 23 just so they'd have something to put on the back of funeral announcements. He wrote this, had, he had David write this, and it's a great psalm. But if we slow down and read the first few verses here, David said this, The Lord is my shepherd. What does a shepherd do? He leads. He leads sheep. He is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Some versions use, I shall not want for anything. If you are following the leading of the Spirit in your life, I'm going to tell you, the, the wants and the desires of this world will begin to fade. And the very things that you are searching for and you are looking for and you're trying to attain on your own, when you start following the leading of the Spirit, you'll find those things coming to you. And the, the, but the great thing about it is it won't mean anything to you. That's why he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Verse 2, it says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the, the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me, leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And he says, even though if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death... I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
he said, he goes on to say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That means even in the midst of the chaos, I'm just living life. I'm living a good life. I'm not paying attention to the chaos. I know there's been talk of the next year being a voting year and all this stuff going on. And I'm like, that's all up to them. Because when I go in the booth, I'm voting Jesus Christ. I'm voting him. I'm not going to tell people how to vote. I'm going to talk to people about how to be led by the Spirit. Praise God. I'm going to, I want to talk to people about when you go into that booth, the Holy Spirit can tell you what to put down. I don't have to tell you what to put down. I'm going to spend my time telling people you can be led by the Spirit of God, that the decisions before you, God has already prepared you on what to do. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You, God, you anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, when you slow down and read that, I'm thinking, that sounds like a pretty good gig to me. And all I have to do is follow the shepherd. All I have to do is get inside his word and he will begin to show me his past. And here's a great thing is when we learn his word, this is a great, oh, this is so good. When we learn his word, we begin to learn his character, right? We begin to learn how God operates. We begin to learn what his personality is. We begin to learn what moves him. And that's when situations come. We know what to do. Why? Because we know how to imitate the father, right? Well, I hope that ministered to you tonight, to be led by the Spirit of God. Because if we're led by the Spirit of God, we're the children of God. And uh, I believe that that's God's desire for us to be led by His Spirit.